Check, 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 check. Okay, go. Good Action. morning, everyone, and welcome to the See Where It Goes podcast. Do do boop boo. It's a Saturday, and we're gonna chat a little while. We're gonna see where it goes. We're gonna see where it goes. But oh, but You know, I recorded a. Uh, <clears throat> um, this lovely sound came to oh hang on what's going on over here on my phone this great sound came to mind and i felt like it was one of those artistic moments and i recorded yeah. it and i felt this is the this is the intro here's the intro okay don't laugh here it is okay oh what the heck's going on here oh it's going through my headphones brian's trying to play something on his phone okay ready one two three <laughs> no, no. On, on a synthesizer. How would that sound? No. It sounds like something else. It was dun 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 dun. But you have a synthesizer sound. Dun dun dun. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be talking about. It's too early. I should have come up with a plan. Down. Well, I mean, it's not bad, but it's. But it's when you. I don't know. Okay. So Brian. Yes. I have a question. About this lamp. This lamp. Yeah bothers me because okay so we're sitting in two chairs there there's a little end table between us with a lamp on it and a very cool lamp by the way it's one of those it's like an old-fashioned lamp and it has one of those edison bulbs in it but brian moved it where did you move it from ben's room yeah and put it in the room and set it up but then he never dusted it i've been meaning to and so when he turns it on, or even when it's not on, it's I need to dust it. very dusty. If I dust it, will you leave it there? And I, I see it and I think, oh, I should dust that lamp. And then I don't. Yeah, I got a nice compliment. So did you um, ever have any plans to dust the lamp when uh, you set it up? Uh, I've been thinking about it. You've been thinking about it. I so we've both it. been thinking it about while, it. While we're doing this. Oh, that's okay. Well, I'll dust it today. No, it's Mother's Day weekend. So I have to, I got a really nice compliment on our background from my friend Elizabeth because I was on Zoom and she saw she was that is a great background and it is the way that we've had that set up it just shows the two chairs it gives a nice three-dimensional view when you're on Zoom yeah and well, the, la- the lamp looks good my Brian point. is talking about the fact that he works in our bedroom yeah that's where his uh, pseudo office is and so his background is a wall that has uh, paintings on it not paintings that I've done but paintings that are mine that I've collected, and uh, he got a compliment on that. But yeah. we're going to switch all those paintings today. And That's put right. Different I'm paintings. I'm excited for today. next week. Well, uh, how was your week? Um, my week was good. I did tons of cooking this week. Um, yeah, it was one of like at the beginning of the week we needed to go grocery shopping. Yeah. And so I just cooked up, kind of everything that was in the house. Yeah. And I don't know, I just feel like I did a ton of cooking this week, grocery shopping. Um, what else did I do? I didn't do any painting, took care of my garden. Um, oh, I read a, I finished that book I was reading, which I really liked, called The Inevitable, which I highly recommend. Yeah. Um, about death and everything, which got me to thinking about how I want to be buried. Yeah. Um, and then yesterday I went to two estate sales with a friend of mine and to a place called Pickers Paradise yeah. where you can go and find like 
doors and windows and hinges and bathtubs and like just all kinds of old stuff that's been torn out of homes that are being, you know, torn down or whatever. But be like a great place if you're, uh, you know, building something uh, and you want, you know, all refurbished materials and everything. Yeah. So anyway, this is a cool kind of place. All right. I don't, I think I kind of had a very... Oh, I had a lot of errands, too. Like, Finn had to go to Cast Tech a couple of times. I don't know. It just seemed like I was doing a lot of driving around as well. Yeah. Doing a lot of mommy stuff. But what about you? How was your week? My week was uh, good. Hung out with my work friends last night. That was nice. Yeah. You Did you Having go out deep. a lot this week? Nope. Last week I did because our friend oh, told yeah. he was in town for work. So we had okay. Uh, last week, yeah, last week was Friday, but was, I had a lot of liquor. That's right, it was last week. And then this week you went, you went out? Yeah, we, we went out for dinner as a family to celebrate the our, all our vaccinations, with the exception of our youngest. Right, except for Cal. So that was nice. Yeah. Well, I thought it was nice. Yeah, it was a nice evening, and my kids are very cool. Like, I love seeing them dressed up, and they all have their own style. Although Liam doesn't really have style. Don't say that. He just kind of like wears what you tell him to wear <laughs> but Finn and Callum they definitely have their own unique styles and uh I was just looking at them and being like oh my gosh my kids are, are really they are it's really they, cool well, that's individuals nice thing when you, I'm glad I pushed for us to stick with that because it was formal and we were all dressed up and yeah and the, it, it you know you see a different side of your kids when you're all dressed up and you're in that environment like mm -hmm. it, it's just it's a fun thing you know yeah because a lot of times, the only time we do that is when you're going to a wedding. But I think it's important maybe to uh, initiate it. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'll, let me think if I want to talk about... No, I don't. Okay, so I heard from Neil Vickers in uh, Oswego, Illinois. Oh, okay. Let's hear what Neil formerly said. Formerly London. Um, trying to catch up with all my podcasts and I've been listening to yours 30 minutes at a time. Oh, you read this last week. On there? On the air? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> did I? Are you sure? Maybe I did. Well, it sounds April familiar 27th. to me. Yeah, Is he I read going it to, to you. talk about physics? Yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> just got to the one where you asked me to research how observing light causes it to change. Yeah, you shared this last week. Okay. All right. Thank you, Neil. So, then I'm gonna, I might add what he said here onto okay. the podcast. I, don't, I think I only read it to you. Oh, okay. And then I do want to get back to Tammy's response on restlessness. Because I think right. I think um, we, we said we'd talk about restlessness today. Yeah, we did. Unless you want to go somewhere else. No, we can talk about that. That's right. Because Tammy emailed. Hi, Tammy. How are you? I hope you had a good week. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, and happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers on here. All the mothers here. That listen. I know Sandra listens. She's a mommy. Happy Mother's happy Day. Happy Mother's Day. Patty listens. Happy She's Mother's a Day, mommy. Patty. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, I don't know if Jennifer Hopkins is still listening. Happy Mother's Day if you she are. She is. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. And I'm not sure who else listens to the podcast, but to yeah. all the moms, happy Mother's Day. Yes. Pam, if you're out there and you happen to catch this one, happy Mother's Day. Happy anyone, anyone. Mother's Day. Let us know if you're a mother everybody. and we didn't say your name. Okay, let me find Tammy's email here. Now, I, I might be able to find it faster. While you're doing that, And we didn't do our consider. experiment. We never did it. What was the experiment? The experiment was that you were going to stay home. Oh, no, home. We, we, some, we did the, I did the experiment. Actually, you, you didn't. I, I kind of did it in a way. You know why? Why? 
because I did not want to go out to dinner Thursday night with the family. It doesn't count. It doesn't count? Not really. Well, because I thought of all different kinds of ways to get out of it and to cancel okay, it. Okay, well, that's fair. You were, I think you were, it isn't really, because the, the experiment was on a morning where I, I want to go down to the coffee mm-hmm. shop, I'm going to stay here and sit <clears throat> yeah. with you and read. And then the other side of it was on mornings where you want to sit and read, you'll come with me to the coffee shop and experience right. the early morning pearl. And the first part of that was done. On the day I really wanted to go, which is Monday, I yeah. stayed. So how did that feel to stay? Um... I think I read more. Mm-hmm. The problem with leaving is that it's disruptive and I don't sit and read. Like a bit, It's kind of weird. The, one of my biggest desires is to... I, I remember two moments in life, or th- two or three, where I, like, I looked up from a book and realized I had been reading it for more than an hour. And it felt great. A dog's trying to get in. Maggie, Maggie was a very naughty girl today because uh, Sandra came by, and who's her best friend, but she got all grumpy with her. Now, sit there and be quiet. In the corner. That's right. Quiet on set, Maggie. That's right. Anyway, so, um, what was I saying? You were saying how Maggie barked at Sandra. Not before that. Before that, about, you remember a couple moments in your life where you looked oh, yeah, up from yeah. a book? Yeah, and it was like, uh, it was like, I felt like life is good. Like, I was really enjoying that like i was listening to sam harris and he was saying like mm-hmm. when's the last time you you were an hour in a book we're so distracted so a part of me really wants to be have, be settled and read mm-hmm. and find that zen moment again yeah and yet another part of me is restless and it's like what if i did this what if i did that yeah and i feel like i'm giving more i'm giving into more of the restlessness in the last mm-hmm. two years than i am i should do this because a lot of the last few decades have been i should do this i should do this I should read this. I, I, I got to read four chapters of the Bible every morning and pray and do that and do that. And, um, and you know, you, you take that and you mix it with someone with a uh, obsessive compulsive personality. And by the way, I don't, I don't, I don't say OCD lightly. People, ev- everyone claims they have it. I've, that's something right. I, I've had my whole life. You take all that. It's just, so I've been waking up feeling, uh, my mind is kind of like I want to play. Like mm-hmm. I want to do whatever I want to do. Right. So I wake up. And uh, I sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll I'll sometimes walk down the stairs and and um, be thankful to God I'm alive. And then there's sometimes I I won't. And then I just do what I want to do. Let's do a podcast. Go outside. Look around. And um, so I'm, I'm kind of going beyond the answer to your question. So let's leave it at that for now. Right. So do you think being in the church for so many years gave you rules that you thought you should follow in the morning of how your your oh, yeah, morning sure. should look? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But there was also, um, what is that? There's, there's also good parts of that. Like I think that that there was uh, in my twenties, I was very restless, uh-huh. never read, and I think, and no, this, no, this, these weren't rules. There was when I started reading the Bible, there was an intense desire to read it. Yeah. And then when, once I developed the desire to read that, I had a desire to read, to just study in general. So I think yeah. there was a great part of my religious journey was um a desire for knowledge right which has never gone away so i'm very thankful for that that that, that part was good but yeah. what, what comes with that as i think we've said before is often the shuds and that that's what right. will crush you and um, so did you before you became a christian did you read books no i wake up and watch the news have coffee and okay. chill just watch the news and, and i you know so i'd get up and spend 15 minutes watching the news and then go but then became a Christian. I, I'd get, I'd go to bed earlier, get up earlier, and then read for longer periods. Yeah, 
So I remember when we got married, you were going to bed at 10 o'clock at night. Right. Which was very, uh, I did not go to bed early because I waited tables. Yeah. So I had, there were several nights a week where I was up until, you know, midnight. Oh, yeah. Just because of the job I had. Right. You know, and then on the nights that I wasn't working, my body was kind of in that mode. But then I remember getting um, getting onto your schedule on the nights that I didn't work because I, I wouldn't want to be awake when you went to bed. But I thought that was good because I never had a, like I never had a morning ritual before I became a Christian either. I didn't have a yeah thing that I did in the morning that I can think of. I think I just kind of got up and. I don't, I didn't even drink coffee. I must have just gone and had breakfast or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. So like, um, what does, I do want to, did you find Tammy's mail? No, because you said you were going to find it faster than me. So I I gave up. I forgot. Okay. You start talking. What does restlessness mean? What else do you want to say about restlessness before we get into it? Well, I found Tammy's email very insightful and I really, when she, when I read it, I was like, wow, because um, the way that restless, like the way that I was perceiving what I called restlessness in you may not be restlessness at all. It could be a bunch of different things. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Let me read it. I found it. Okay. I was going to cut you off there, but did I, did I ruin your train of thought? No. Tammy from Portland, Oregon, formerly Denver, formerly Wisconsin, maybe Sheboygan. No, 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 not Sheboygan. It's uh, Appleton. No, it's it's close. I'm getting close. Anyway, sorry. I think it's not. It's not. Is it Appleton? It's not Oshkosh. I don't know. I don't remember. We should know. Let us know. Let us know. I'm gonna go with Appleton for now. Okay. Okay. I know. I'll get into it. Thoughts on restless. To me, it has a negative connotation. Without rest, seems to refer to the internal, external wiggling. Should we? I got five bullet points. Should I go through all five or take one at a time? Why don't you just read it all the way through, yeah. and then we can go through it. So you're going, you're going with my second option. I would option. like for you to read it all the way through, and then we'll discuss it. Which, which means you want to go with my second option. That's all I'm saying. That was the second option. Okay, thanks. No, for the I'm answer. going with both options. I'm going with the option that you read the email, then we discuss it and break it down. Got it. Which is both options, right? Yeah. What we call restless could be reframed as active engaged exploring etc and or someone could have adhd and genuinely struggle to be still if there is internal discomfort we could be using activity and movement as distraction from a lack of internal contentment ultimately only the individual can look inside and say am i content mm-hmm. sometimes lack of contentment could be a gift because it nudges us towards our growing edges now there's a lot of, that's a lot a lot yeah, of good stuff I, in there, can isn't I it? look at it? Well, I was going to print it. Or would you like to just look at it? Yeah, let me look at it. I, I anyway, I thought that today. was... Um, so I was looking at the first one that she says, to me, restlessness has a negative connotation without rest, seeming to refer to the internal external wiggling. So when I observe you in a judgmental light, which I do, mm-hmm. is... Because you are quick to get up and leave yeah, in the mornings, during the day, and in the evenings, um, I judge that as you're not content here. Yeah. 
And I guess I think, too, it's like I take it personally, which I shouldn't, right? It's like I take it personally, like, oh, he doesn't want to be here at our house. He doesn't want to be with me. He, you know, like we try to make the bedroom really nice so that we have this reading corner. We have the place outside to read. Yeah. Um, and to make things cozy. But I guess so part of me takes it, was taking it in a negative light. Yeah. To say like, okay, well, there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with Brian that he can't sit and read or this spot is not good enough for him to be here. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then, so what do you have to say to that? What's well, your response? Let me give you my, I'm just, I'm just reading through this. So I'm trying to, um, so Brian's on his iPad right now. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm going through, look what I'm doing here. What are you doing? I'm breaking down the, the comments that she, that she wrote, but I want to, I want to bullet point them. Oh, okay. And I'm very comfortable to do that. Okay. Okay. okay so go there. Give your response to that. What I just said. Were you, which bullet point were you referring to? Cause that's what you're supposed to oh, do. Oh, I was talking about the very first one. Okay, great. So, uh, negative connotation. So you do, so you switch to the negative and so do I. And that's why Yeah. I, that's why let's start with, um, the negative side. So, uh, there was one day where you told me two years ago around this mm -hmm. time, I'd hate to, you're like a Dude, could Maggie that, is like... Could that dog get any closer? Would you, Brian, what? just let her stay. I know, but she's like she's, almost crawling under the chair. What do you I want? think Maggie wants to be on the podcast because she's like wiggled her way underneath the microphone in between oh the gosh. two chairs. Okay, okay. <laughs> Maggie, why you want to be right here? Oh, Maggie. Okay, so... Um, You're very silly. You said my the inside of my head's like a pinball machine. Yeah. Now I was going through a stressful... The life change at the time when yeah. I was stepping down from the church and trying to, and it was just, it was the work life and the church life. There was too much going on. And I, it wasn't just too much going on. There was this existential crisis of what to do. And mm -hmm. then I went to work that day and my friend Thad, who has ADHD, said, I think yeah. you have this. So I got tested and they said, you do. They did that. It took an hour and a half to do the tests. So I took the medication to fix it. Yeah. And that was horrible. So I stopped taking that medication. And um, so... I guess so. Restless, the restlessness, uh, the negative side of it. Um, I could see where you would think that. Where you would, well, I think. I think I do use this chair. Um, why don't? Why do I want to leave here? I guess and go. Sometimes I think I concentrate better when I'm away. Oh my gosh, Maggie, make up your mind. I think I concentrate better when I'm, when I'm away because I get distracted a lot here and it's not even noises. I think there's some internal distraction here whereas, but which is funny, once I get to the coffee shop, I get distracted there too. But there's something about, the, the word play comes to mind. There's a playfulness about being away from home in another environment. Now it could be, it could be uh, increased by COVID no. quarantine. Or well, whatever. maybe, no. I mean, I don't, you didn't do this years ago, but we did live in Chicago where it's not as easy during the winter yeah. to get up and go somewhere. But even in summer, I, I wouldn't have done that. And I wouldn't have just got up to go somewhere. You didn't either. And I don't know why. Was Did you find our where we lived more well um, conducive or... Like in Denver, I didn't. 
do it. But I mean, I, well, we, Denver, I, you had the library right there because we were on the but, seminary campus. So. But I, I also didn't have a lot of free time. It was either work or it was study. So, so I wonder if part of the restlessness restlessness is um, not having maybe a loss of mission. Sorry, a loss of mission. So, for example, right, right. You know, even when I came to San Antonio, it's like, oh, I got to do all this, got to do all this. I'm going to be a pastor, and I'm going to work, and I was, I was gung ho for a mission. But once all of that fell apart, I felt mm-hmm. like I was floating, and that was, well, right. although a very nice feeling, it was also uncomfortable. Right. And then I, I kind of lost, like, well, what's my purpose in life? So I struggled, I think, a lot. So the fir- the first three months of being walking away from the church um, mm-hmm. I was spending about $120 a month on coffee shops yeah because I just needed to get out and escape and read and yeah. think so when so, you say escape yeah. you're escaping from here yeah what is it about the familiar setting that feels because what's the opposite of escape it would be confined yeah, I don't. Do you see, I don't see it that way, or no? Well, it just feels yeah, like like I don't. I never. I don't feel confined by you guys. Okay. I think part of it is that I'm I'm escaping from something, and I think I'm escaping from something in me. Okay. Here. When when I maybe that's it. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, she mentions too. Yeah, she is, mentions that's my version. You got your version. Um. Okay, so the second point, what we call restless, could be reframed as active, engaged, exploring, etc. And or someone could have ADHD and genuinely struggle to be still. So you genuinely do have ADHD. Yeah. Because you, you just shared that. You were diagnosed with it two years ago. Yeah. Now, and you also have OCD. Right. For real. That's also diagnosed. Correct. Um, now, I know when we got... There's when a we joke were, in there somewhere, I'm sure. What I was I didn't have a joke. No, I I think there's a joke in there to be made. I'll I'll, oh, okay. I'll I'll build one somewhere. So anyway, you I remember when we started dating, you were extremely um, active in your body. Yeah. You know, but you're not nearly as much. Right. Anymore, like you just had so much energy inside yeah, of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm getting finish your thought. Sorry. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I could see the OCD. Hadn't you already been diagnosed with ADHD then, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, you weren't. Not until I was 49. Okay. So, and the ADHD, like, you were, I know you're able to focus on work, but I can just tell, like, here at the house or whatever, you have a hard time. You do have a hard time just being still and being in the moment. Yes. You can. Right. But I can tell that it is, it can be a struggle for you sometimes. Right. It is. I mean, meditation is really hard for me. I want to do it. Yeah. Like, I do want to be in the moment. I don't want to, I look back at old videos. Yeah. And wonder of us as a family. It's like, was I in the moment and did I appreciate that? I know I wasn't because in those videos, I'm taking pictures of landscapes instead of you guys. Which right. to me shows indicative of that I was so distracted. Like, was I in the moment enough in those in those places, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah. So, when you're thinking... So, when you get to another place... Yeah. What happens then in that setting? Because what yeah. I find interesting is when you come home... Yeah. And I say, how was your time? Right. You'll say, oh, it was okay. Right. It's never... 
Now, sometimes you have, you've had a wonderful time. Yeah. But a lot of the times it just seems like you went somewhere else and had an equally mediocre experience. That's probably, that's probably fair. I, yeah. Um, cause I think when I get there, it's like, oh, what's next? Yeah. So I, I, now the only time I'll have a really good time is if I go there with, with a plan, like I'm going to go here to do homework. I'm going to go here to read. Right. If, if I don't, and, and that's why I've, I've enjoyed this class, although I wish they'd give us more homework, but I've enjoyed the class because get this done by then and I'm forced to do it. And I really right. enjoyed the forced reading. Like the first two months of class, we were inundated with reading and it was so rich because I had to read all this human development stuff. Yeah. And in, and I remember sitting in the coffee shop reading, uh, her name is Suzanne Cook-Gruder, and they're like, wow, oh man, that's great. And I was look, thinking about it. Yeah. But they're few and far between. So, okay, so you mentioned something about being without a mission. Yeah. So would you say... When you became a Christian, did you feel that that was like instantly being given a mission? Yeah. Even though you weren't going to seminary or anything, did you feel yeah. like you were on mission anyway? I think so, yeah. So maybe that was part of it too. Maybe, yeah. That like just getting up in the morning and having quiet time or praying for people. Yeah. Or being a light in the workplace, as they would say. Right. Or like just, or just be... getting through, reading the whole Bible. That took years to get through. Like that right. Was a or reading the Bible that you like. That had like a mission. Yeah. You, you were doing something. So because there is a stark contrast yeah. within the last two years where you, because before that, you, yeah. I don't recall you being as, as restless. As restless, yeah, sure. That makes sense. So I do believe that it's tied to this change, this big change right, in yeah. your life. So where I think you're going is I should go back and be a pastor. No. I'm just messing with you. I think the thing, I think you have multiple things, multiple layers here. Yeah. That, um, and I don't think it has anything to do with me or with the house. Correct. I think it's just you, because this is a big loss for you. It was, uh, looking back, it was terribly painful. Yeah. I don't think I could see that in the time, but I was really, really in mental anguish. Yeah. Looking back. I don't know how bad. I mean, I was in counseling. Yeah. I felt like a failure, felt like I let God down, felt like I pissed away a bunch of money. So... I, I don't think I, I don't feel that anymore, but that's only recently. How, how recent? Well, um, in the last few, <laughs> in the last few weeks. Really? And here's the thing. I started taking SSRIs and I don't, I was wondering why am I doing that? I had this prescription for a year. I never filled it. Yeah. And um, I took them because I was tired of the voices in the morning. I was only getting it in the morning. So what were the voices telling you in the morning? Oh, just um, I failed. Yeah. And um, they go away, though, after a while. And I, as I, I was asking some folks there on my channel, my coach's channel. Because, you know, there, there's, um, we were talking about conventional mindsets and post-conventional mindsets where mm-hmm. you actually you develop and you shift gears yeah. 
and there's a few different there there's spiral dynamics or there's all these different uh, ken wilber they, they're all talking about these shifts we've been talking about in human development mm-hmm. but all of them agree that there's a major shift that happens at one of the, between one of those stages mm-hmm. and it's where you don't only shift stages you're shifting like almost tectonic stage between a conventional mindset and a post-conventional mindset yeah and she's she's saying or they're saying that a conventional mindset can include a fundamentalist black and white mindset yeah and when you shift into a post-conventional that's a bit more generous of it's a it's i mean there's a whole it's a bit more it's a different view it's things are there's now a, you're allowing for gray areas mm-hmm. you're al- you're kind of losing some of the us and them stuff yeah but that's a major shift so yeah um oh my point there is you when you're angry or when you're stressed you sh- you your, your default is the previous mindset you came from okay and i was wondering if it's true then also when you're tired uh, do you shift back into the previous mindset? So I was wondering, when I wake up in the morning, is the fundamentalist mindset the strongest on, that, that's online until the more rational side starts to kick in? Right. I just wonder if that's how the mind well, wakes up. Well, I mean, up. it makes sense that you woke up for years of your life instantly waking up and thinking, oh, it's time Get to, to work. read the Bible Get to work. Yeah. and pray and right. journal. And you were an active member in your own programming yeah, from yeah, the yeah. Christian church. I mean, yeah. so, and the fact that once you decided to become a pastor, yeah, then you're on like a mission that you feel you're directly being, that God is channeling himself through you and you're out to do something specifically for the God of the universe. Like, that's I, yeah. huge. It is. It's a big mission, isn't it? You know, and yeah. then to not have that and to be told your whole life you have to do something to change the world. Yeah. Then, yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel some of that, but probably not nearly as big as you because there's all this language about preachers and pastors that if they don't do what they're supposed to do they get punished even more so and more severely yeah than everyone now, is else that, is that true i think so i think i, think, I, think, I don't remember yeah. the scripture but they well, get the, punished there's one about a, the teacher the teacher of of the gospel will be will be held accountable more because they're teaching exactly well so that could so play you're extra so going even, to even, hell. even even me critiquing some of these old ways of thinking put me at risk but the other thing is that post the post-conventional thinking in and of itself tells you that advancing, sorry, the conventional thinking tells you in in the places of Christianity we've been in that moving to that next stage, you might as well be moving into hell. You're moving off the cliff. Right, you're moving off the cliff. It doesn't okay. celebrate, oh, hey, good for you. Yeah. Let's uh, have a party because you're moving to the next stage. Okay, so the next bullet point, she said, if there is internal discomfort... We could be using activity movement as distraction from a lack of internal contentment. Ah. So that plays in this too for yes. you yes. as well. Because what do you think would give you contentment at this point? Uh, to appreciate the power of now, as Eckhart Tolle says. Right. Well, that's that's part of it. But there's a deeper thing here that I think... No, but you know, I think for you to find. I think that's it. If I, I, I think the lack of a contentment comes from thinking that 
the best thing is yet to come. The best is yet to come. That's right, but the I'm problem. thinking on a different plane than you. What are you thinking? And I agree with what you just said. Yeah. I do agree that the contentment of now is important and that we should be content in the moment. Right. But what I'm thinking of is more for for you to find a contentment yeah. without mission. To give yourself permission yeah. to be a person right. who lives in the world. Yeah. Who is a father yeah. and a husband and a friend and a brother. Yeah. Who does not have to save humanity. Right. And that's okay. And that's enough. In fact, that's more than enough. Yeah, I hear, you, you've said that before, but I get it. I think that is enough. But but isn't there something inside of all of us that, that wants to put a ding in the universe? You, But you know what? I hate this Wait. bullshit. Hey, that's Steve Jobs. I hate this not bullshit. The, not, not at no, the no, cost. No, not, I, not no at let the, me explain yeah, what yeah. I hate about this. Yeah. What I hate about this is I think that the church takes people's attention off of their own universe, which is their family. Yes, I agree. Okay? Yeah. And tries to tell you that we got to do something beyond our family. There are people in this country who can barely survive day to day just taking care of the basics. I listen. I your family is important. Your children are important. That is that's making a ding. I'm not disagreeing. But why would you use language that sounds like making a ding in the universe is beyond what you have here? Well, first of all, who said put a ding in the universe? Who did that come from? I have no idea. Steve Jobs. He wasn't a Christian. It doesn't matter. It does matter because my point is you, you read that as, a, as, as you, you internalized that as some other meaning. My point but is like. But that's what Christianity does too. No, it has nothing to do with that. I'm it saying does, it, it does, but what, so do, it, it, there's something inside of people and maybe it's, maybe it's more inside of men that they're so gung-ho to, to do something that they forget their families. Right, but you still but I'm just saying don't, you can't, you, do you see I see it, but you can't. You no, keep steering on. into Christianity, and I'm hold saying, hold on a minute. Yeah. Do you see the impact that you have on your family? Yes, I do. As a ding in the universe. I do. Okay. And in your workplace. Yeah. And with your friends. Yes. Then why do you need something bigger? I don't. Or more. I'm not saying you can't. No, I don't. So I guess you, you okay. could do whatever. I'm no, just when saying... I say the universe, I mean I don't think like I don't want to develop a phone at the cost of like I heard from when I heard Steve Jobs was could be very rude to his employees. I'd rather be nice to my employees and not do an iPhone. So let let me just just take take the needle down slightly and listen for a sec. I think yes, if all I did was be a good husband and good dad, that would be sufficient thing in you the universe. You know how many people in the universe in the world today are doing that? Yeah. How profound when you meet a person who said they had an amazing father. Yeah. That is huge. No, it is. I, I don't disagree. It is huge. And I do. That's why I, I worry that there hasn't been as, I haven't been as present. And I am very conscious. I think you know I'm conscious of that. Yes. Of not I, being around the kids enough. But what I'm saying is, it, it, yes, that is important. But if you look back at it, just how, how humanity has grown... Um, there is yes, we want to be good dads, and yeah, it is enough. But I, but can't we have more? Right, but I feel like when I, I say more, let me let me let me describe more. Couldn't more be be a great dad, 
be a great husband and be a great friend and be a great worker that contributes to some You're doing thing. all that already. Yeah, yeah. Everything you just named, you're doing them all. Yeah. And maybe a little bit of guitar playing and some writing. You're doing that too. So-so. But yeah. the language that I'm hearing you use yeah. sounds like there's still something beyond. Yes. Yeah, there is. That you feel... All I'm trying to tell you is I get that it. I get it. you have everything. Yeah, I agree. And I believe that maybe your brain was so used to being told that you need to be on this bigger mission. Yeah. That you maybe are feeling that loss and that you're still trying to fill that hole. Yeah. You know, because I mean, there are people who volunteer at the church tons to the detriment of their own families and their families miss out and even people on mission in the world like well yeah, that's people I mean. who do great things in the world right a lot of times their families miss out on them well no i i agree so like for example if, if there's an interview with julian lennon if you could google that and it came from a great documentary called Pop and Me, where this guy and his son go around the mm-hmm. world. They're not very close. They get close. They travel around the world interviewing dads and, and sons. And they, mm-hmm. they find Julian Lennon accidentally. And they interview him. And he talks about how he never knew his dad. Because his yeah. dad, it, it's, it's his first son. And then Julian, Julian is born to the English mother. And then John goes off with Yoko. And he just never knew his dad. And he yeah. said something like, he makes a very profound, um, he's lighting a cigarette and there's this pain in his face and he says something like, he loved the world, but but he but he didn't love me. And that yeah. was, that's really sad. Like, I, I, right. t- I can't, I couldn't agree more that um, the best, to me, seriously, the biggest contri- contribution that I want to make is, is to uh, be a good dad, a good dad and a good husband and to raise to have been used in some way to raise great kids. And you are doing that. Yeah. I guess I guess it's sad for me that I'm sad for you. Yeah. That you aren't feeling like you are enough. Because of the things about failure? Well, that well, I mentioned. Well, yeah, that yeah. you fail. I mean, I understand that. That's very yeah. normal to have those feelings and to have yeah. that grief and that sense of loss. All I'm saying is that you're doing a lot of amazing things. Yeah. And those amazing things are enough. Right. Now, if you want to do something else, that's fine too. Yeah. But to maybe feel like you are not living up to something, whatever that is. Yeah. But you are, in right. my opinion. No, yeah, I, I agree. That you're living at a high level of humanity that you're right. doing yeah you're doing good things i mean everybody's not we're not all meant to like honestly i like doing things for humanity but i do things on a very small scale yeah i do watch you and i do we've, we've been focusing on me a lot i do watch you in bed there and you'll be sitting reading for two hours and i'm just jealous you know, well, maybe like, I'm just boring, and you're not boring. Well, I wouldn't mind some of that. Bo- if you want to sell some of that boring, I'll take it. Like if I could inject myself with what that boring you're talking about, and sit for two hours and focus on a book. Say, so you are you focusing on the book the whole time? You're able to. You're not getting yeah, thinking I mean, about other things. Yeah, I mean, every now and then I'll get distracted. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a hundred percent focused, but 
But yeah, I can sit in the moment and I can read, I can bring my attention back, but I don't have ADHD and I don't have OCD. Yeah. And I'm not struggling with the issues you are and you are more adventurous than me. Like you yeah. are yeah. more prone to want to have an adventure than I, I am. I do. Well, I mean, you know what I've been enjoying is my midnight life. I had to send it back, my, my midlife crisis vehicle, which is a lot cheaper than what I really wanted, which was an Audi. Oh, your scooter. My scooter is $400 electric scooter. I've been having fun on that thing. Yeah. No, I had to send it back because the wheel was buckled, but I might get another one. And you're concerned to know it. And, and, and then, um, Sandra, you didn't help telling us stories about Chris and the facial reconstruction of people. Well, just, just kidding. I um, just but, oh, let me, don't want to get a call that no, you've been I know, I know, hurt I know. Either on do it. I. But it's fun, though. It is a lot of fun. And it's safe. Like, if I go out for a few pints, I can just go out on that thing. You can't ride a scooter on a few pints. Two. Two or three. <coughs> I can no, ride a scooter no, home. no, no, no. <coughs> Why not? What's going to happen? The worst... The, Alcohol's still alcohol. And I'm, I'm not going to kill anyone, your, though. I'm just not... It's better than driving home, right? You might get killed. You might get distracted and get hit by a car if you're drunk. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm not going to be drunk, but... Okay, okay so... Okay, let's go to the next point. Well, no, I had a, the point I was trying to make there was... Okay, well, maybe it's into the, ne- maybe it's in the next point. Okay, ultimately, only the individual can look inside and know, am I content? So only you Okay, go know, to the next one. I don't like that one. Sometimes I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We should cover that. I want to get back to playfulness, though. But uh, am I content? Well, clearly not. Yeah. Well, let me think about that. If I just want to go, here's I used to go to a coffee shop once a week, and this is after I got out of the turbulence that I talked about, where I'm spending one hundred and twenty dollars, and. well, then it's like, I'm going to spoil myself. I'm going to spend $3 a day. And go, every morning, I'm going to open up my day at 6.30 at the coffee shop and watch the sun come up. And I decided... I was, and you enjoyed I, it. I did. And I was kind of like um, spoiling myself. So, well, this is fun. Yeah. Why don't I just do it every day? Yeah. And there was something good about that. There yeah, was something sacred good. about... Uh, like about. It's almost like the adult Brian is saying to the play, little Brian who wants to be playful, let's go every day. Hey! You know, so... What was the point there? Uh... Does that mean I'm not content, though? Because you're no, reading it that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But you, you read it as I wish you'd be content here in in the room. Right. I'm trying to project what makes me content onto you. And you, yeah. And to be the same okay. thing. So the, but you now, can have a different form of contentment than I have. Yeah. And the other part of it is I don't want to. My office is three feet from my bed. So right. where I right. work and where I sleep is three feet away. Now I know that's probably problematic, and if I could, so I spend. Think about that. I spend at least 16 hours a day in this room. Right. So you want to get away. That makes sense, too. Yeah. So let's see now when we're back in the office how I do. Yeah. Do you guys have a timeline for that? No. Can you go back now? Uh, Actually, I could. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Or can I? No, You're I'm vaccinated? Sure. I am vaccinated. There is an office. I should check with Pam and, and Pete. There's an Are office. Are they going in? Uh, no, but there is an office downtown. I don't, I could work from there. I could sit with, I don't know anyone there though anymore. I used to, my team yeah. used to be there, but I switched divisions. Oh, you know what else I could do, which I thought about Geekdom, uh, for $50 a month, you can, or $75 a month, you can have a space there, but the internet's not that good. Well, then that would be problematmic, right? Yeah. I could try well, it for a month and a half. I mean, I'm okay, fine. So I, there I like are it here. Types of contentment. Okay. Just because someone wants to go somewhere doesn't mean they are restless. Yeah. 
It just means that they find contentment in a different way. Yeah. Or in a different environment. I do think it'd be interesting to look at my budget as an indicator of contentment. Like I should run it. I should run the um, QuickBooks or Mint and look at categories and see where I'm spending my money, and see if that you like indicates. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you ra- if you run your budget and you're spending, just say you're spending six hundred dollars on booze, like that mm-hmm. that could tell you I'm seeking contentment there. I'm not judging. Or it. I'm just saying, are you getting contentment you're there? Having fun. Well, that's what I was just gonna say. Or it means you are getting contentment there. Right. It means you're enjoying it and you're having a good time. Because you thought I was gonna critique that. Did I did. You? Did you? I did. Part of me thought, oh, if you if you're oh, spending, oh, I did, I did. If you're spending six hundred dollars on booze, you're seeking contentment there. Right. And our, we've been conditioned to say, and you'll never find it there. But maybe you do. Well, I think it's fun. Like if beer wasn't, but not six hundred. Maybe if beer didn't make me feel like crap, yeah. make me fat, and affect yeah. my sleep, right? I would like to drink it on yeah. a daily basis. I would like. Too. I love the flavor, especially in the summer when it's hot. I like do too, yeah. It's delicious, but. But and that's a fun thing. Like I, I enjoy being out, having a beer, having a burger and French fries. It just doesn't fit in with my long term health goals. Here's the we I maybe mean, which we, sucks. Maybe but, we said this before, but I didn't enjoy eating and drinking in my twenties. Yeah. Or thirties as much as I do now. But I could handle it then. And I can't handle it now. I had two beers last night yeah. and I woke up at three in the morning. So what we're trying to say is if you're in your 20s, eat and drink a lot now. Be merry. <laughs> no. um, okay, what's the last one? Sometimes lack of contentment could be a gift because it nudges us toward our growing edge. So I'd love to, I, I think I know what she means by growing edge. Mm-hmm. Well, here's how I, how do you, how, how do you interpret you that? No, 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 I'm, take, no, I'm no, talking no, too go. much. I want you to go first. The growing edge is, that's a term I've heard in the coaching class where mm-hmm. you, you, you t- we took this test and it tells you where your, it tells you where most of your time is spent. Yeah. Where your previous place was. So in my case, I was 27 in the, we'll just call it in the individualist area mm-hmm. and I was 24 in the achiever. So these are these are Bill Torbert's measurements. It's it connects to spiral dynamics if you're familiar with those. Um, so I think achiever is where I've been spending a lot of time, but I've been shifting into the individualist, which is the next stage. Mm-hmm. But then the strategist is is where I have a little bit of um, I I scored a few points in strategist. That's my mm-hmm. next area. So that's to, to me that that's my leading edge. Yeah. That's my next area of growth. And um, if you're interested, do build Torbert dot build build Google build Torbert T O R B E R T, and he you'll see the stages he talks about of human development. So that's how I interpret that question. Your leading edge is that is the uh-huh. is is your, is your air next. Did I take too long to explain all that? No. Because I work with this guy, and um, he's a genius. He can say what I'm trying to say in a third of the words, but he's not Irish. Maybe it's an Irish thing. May, Let I me stop blaming that. Okay, sometimes lack of contentment could be a gift because it nudges us towards our growing edge. Mm-hmm. That's so. That's what I think it means. It's 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 a lack of satisfaction where you are now, and it's got to push you. Yeah. But it has to be a balance. There's got to be still an appreciation for now, but realizing it's, now is great. 
of who I am, but I want to push into that zone. Yeah. So do you, here's something I just thought of. Is it possible to be too content? Being too content, can that keep you from growing? That's a good question. I think so. Yeah, because I think sometimes I think about like painting and stuff. And I do paint. I painted a lot last year and I've painted quite a bit this year. But sometimes I feel like I don't really care if I ever make a name for myself or if I'm ever in a gallery again. Like part of me thinks I should care a lot about that and that I should push towards that. But then I think, because I feel like it would be a lot of bother. Yeah. But then what would I be missing out on? Like uh, would I be potentially robbing myself of growth and experience? And so I think, anyway, that's what made me think that. Am I being too content in my situation? And then it's keeping me from doing more things with my life. I don't know. Maybe. So there could be. Uh, I don't see it on your painting. I see an evolution in your painting. So... And in you as a person. I mean, I'm doing the painting. I'm talking about more of like putting myself out there. Well, no, I think that's where your I think that's where your growing edge is. So I mentioned um, um, getting together with some people that mm-hmm. you don't know, but I know yeah. them. And I, and I could tell you were a bit uncomfortable because I think there's a is, is it shyness or? No, I'm not shy. Well, I just. But that's your growing edge, I think. Well, because this is a lot of work getting to know new people. It is, but especially, uh, I'm just saying, but it, there's, it can be a great gift in it, you know. Why is this bent? Somebody bent that. The Hopefully we're still online. Sorry, okay, bent. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not that I don't... I just remember going to small... Do you remember all the small groups we went to? Yeah. And it's just so laborious. Yeah. Like getting to know people, Ugh, and yeah. then you never really... There's your walk. You never I really... I your own business get to have an affinity. I mean, you become closer, but you don't yeah. really, in some situations, you don't become really close. Yeah. And it's just like, well, like it just when, feels like work. Didn't you have fun? Remember when you spoke at that artist thing? I did. There? I had a blast. And we had dinner after, wasn't that Yeah, fun? I had a lot of fun. Yeah, so I think that like there's been times where you don't want to do something and I get pushy and I think you enjoy it. Something yeah. that's a bit more adventurous. Well, I do. I mean, I do enjoy doing things. And I'm sure I would enjoy meeting your friends. Well, but, I feel like, because I felt like lately you go out so often. Right. So maybe and my, you're out with people. Maybe my leading edge is to be more present, to be to, to chill more. Because that does feel like work. No. No? I don't think there should be... Why not? I don't think you should stop going out with your friends. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, uh, if I... If I feel like I well okay I need to I can't sit here for the next two hours I got to go somewhere maybe my leading edge is that the term that's being used here growing, growing edge. edge my growing growing edge. growing edge is to sit still and try that experiment of sitting in this chair for two hours yeah as restless as I feel because that that's mm-hmm. scary to me sitting in a chair for two hours like meditating for half an hour is very scary to but me but you used to do it all the time well I don't know if I did though. I'd, well, I mean, you would sit. I would sit. But I don't know how, what your mind, was your mind going all over the place? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So. Well, that's a lot to talk about. Like, well, there was a uh, Patty uh, Garza. Yeah. She reached out because she said her and her husband have a similar dynamic. Oh, yeah. She likes to go out a lot and her husband, Marcus, likes to stay in. Yeah. 
And um, so it'll be fascinating. Maybe they can have a conversation about yeah. themselves and what they, why they choose yeah. how they, you know, do things or whatever. But What's I fun? try to like accept invitations yeah. all the time. Yeah. So like my tendency would be to say no to do things or whatever because it's just easier to stay home. Right. But I I try to say yes. Yeah. As much as possible. Unless I actually have a valid reason to say no. Yeah. But, and then that way, like yesterday, my friend Chris invited me to go out and I was kind of tired and achy and yeah. um, was feeling a little depressed. But I thought, you know what? I want to go. I should go because it'll be fun. Yeah. And I did. I actually had a really good time. Yeah. But I would have missed out if I would have given in to like my feelings in that moment of just wanting to be home and yeah you look like you're fading away there no no i'm thinking about uh that last part you said i would have could you inverse that could you have a case where oh if i i get you get invited out to this something and then you decide i'm gonna stay in because i might miss out on the joys of staying in and, and enjoying my own company do you know what i mean we often don't yeah. go there. We often think, oh, if I, if I say no to this, I might miss out on that fun on the outside. But I rarely hear people say, I got invited to this thing and I said no to it because I was afraid of missing out on the joy of spending time with myself. Right, with myself. You don't hear people say that. With my family. Or my family, right? Well, I think people do. I mean, I think people do a lot of activities that take them away from their family. Sometimes because they have to do them. Yeah. And then other times just because they want to do them. Well, like I went out yesterday and I was really looking forward to it because um, I've developed a good work relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I went down on the scooter and it was so good to see them because these are Pete and Pam I haven't worked. I don't work mm-hmm. closely with them. We used to work close together. And, and it's fun because we have you don't have to catch up on anything. We know what's yeah. going on with each yeah. other's world, so that's always fun. And it's you know anyway. Um, oh, so when I'm leaving, the kids are watching a show, and I'm like, well, maybe I should stay because I mm-hmm. still get that racked with guilt, you know. And then I thought, yeah, I well, think no. you're too guilty for no reason. Well, you know, as I get older, it's like. I do. I just don't want to go through that. Like, I wish I'd stayed more. I wish I'd been with them. Also, when I go away on retreat, although I do settle somewhat, it takes a while for the restlessness to go. Yeah. When I call home and you guys are ordering pizza, and it's like, crap, why did I leave, you know? So that's a whole other thing. But I think you you are a good father. You are present. Your yeah. Your kids, like I check in with the kids all the time. Yeah. And about myself, too, not just about you. I ask them, you know, do we, do you feel taken care of do you feel like we are here for you yeah do we spend enough time with you and they're always like yes 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 oh, they're now in 10 years when they're talking to the counselor they might have a different answer but you you take the kids out on a date once a month yeah and i do too i try i'm not as good yeah. as you are but um yeah i think you're you do spend time with them i i think you don't you really don't have any need to feel guilty yeah, yeah. So, you know? yeah, a good question for me. What's the growing edge towards being a husband and a dad? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the question. Because when I think of the growing edge, it's often in 
Um, it's often in the area of work. You know, one small thing there was there was that growing that area that I talked about. So mm-hmm. there was three. There was three stages. There was the predominant stage I've I've been growing in. There was the previous stage. Yeah. Where I would default to when I get stressed. Yeah. You actually you you can go back down the previous stages mm-hmm. like a ladder. You you don't jump into new stages you've never been in before. Yeah. But you 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 transcend and include each stage. So you you still you understand people who are in previous stages, and yeah. you also have the gears to go back to those stages. Mm-hmm. Um. But the one stage that's next that they measured me next in was based on how I answered one question. And basically they ask you a question and you free text in the answer. And What's this, the question? this group in London reads through it and they say, we think he's here. It was, it, mm-hmm. it said my dad and I had to finish that sentence. And I hmm. spoke about my dad. Yeah. And they, 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 for some reason, the way I answered that question, they put me in that one answer, put me in the next stage of development, which is interesting. Which is what stage? strategist what does the strategist do um well i have to go read it but it's there's only a small percentage of people who have that but they tend to be like ceos and builders mm-hmm. of companies which i'm excited to think about that i don't want to be a ceo why not i just don't i don't i don't let me think why not i don't i because when i think of that i i just have a certain negative view why CEOs wears a suit and they're the face of the company and they're, I don't know. I, I, Do you I, think that's that's a normal stereotype? It is, yeah. Still today? I might be a CEO. Or CEO, there different kinds it would, of CEOs it would almost have today? To, I'm sure there are different types of CEOs. Would I, would I like to be a leader who creates a, an environment for people to be their best at what they do and create a... Yeah, I, I could be. I just don't like that title. I, I would... I could be a I could be a leader of of something where it's a good mission and people love coming to work and they're giving they're engaged they're giving the best of themselves and they feel mm-hmm. rewarded um they're contributing this is they're given time to contribute back to society and I I guess I could do that. Yeah. I just wouldn't want that title. I don't like that title. Something about it yeah. that bothers me. Well, I mean it has some negative connotations. Yeah. Overpaid yeah, but I mean, I guess CEOs they do they do a lot of important work for organizations. They do, yeah. Um, yeah. But okay, so what stage are you at right now? Individualist is my primary stage. And what is an individualist? Well, I'd have to go look it up. It's hard for me to. Where am I? What would I be? I mean, I'm not in the workplace. I don't know. You'd probably Does it be... translate just to regular people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd probably be individualist or strategist. You'd probably be more in the strategist. That's my guess. Yeah, but I'll never be a CEO. So what does a strategist look like just oh, for like a regular Well, no, person? it doesn't matter. I mean, so like whether Teresa and Nelson Mandela would be at the top end. Oh, okay. Donald Trump would be at the bottom end. So the opportunist is the, is the bottom. Yeah. I say bottom. They say that one's not worse. What's an opportunist? It's somebody who wants to get ahead at all costs and they'll use people to get there and they're... they're it's it's about them and it's about us versus the world. It's tribalism, and their point is like that. They talk about the strengths, like they're great in emergencies. Like if there's a fire to be put out, metaphorically they'll do that. But they also say a lot of times they're the ones causing the fire. Would you say that most rural leaders are opportunist? Um, you know what I'm thinking. Putin but, is an opportunist. Yes, he is, and I think Trump was an opportunist. What? Wait, what? 
made him an opportunist. Who, Trump? Yeah. Well, I do think it was very much about him. Yeah. So you don't really think he cared about the country? Uh, no, I don't doubt that he cared about the country. Um, but just when I was reading, when I was reading the, um, I feel like I need to do a bit more. Maybe we could talk about this next week because I've alluded to it a few times and I've not yeah. been good at articulating it. Um. So. Uh, well, yeah, when I read the, the review, he kept coming to mind, and when oh, I explained okay. it to a friend of mine, their first thought was Trump. Now, but if you're a Trump supporter, yeah. you see him in the opposite way. You would see him as a strategist. Oh, that's interesting. You might, yeah. Um, so it depends on your perception. Yeah, it could. I'm trying to find this. Okay, I'm not going to... I'm kind of scrambling here to find it. So the strength of that is um, he's not going to mess around and wait around and, and get a bunch of people's input to what he should do. He's just gonna do it. Yeah. And I think there was. I mean, I know I'm. I I'm not gonna hide. I was. I was not. I am not a Trump fan. But one thing I did hand to him. Everything he said he was gonna do, he at least gave it a shot. Yeah. He did. Well, they went. I listened to a podcast. They went through his entire list of everything he said he was gonna do. Some things he didn't get to do. I don't even remember what they no, were. Well, he, but he did. He did try. He didn't do any infrastructure. He said he was going to do that, but he didn't do it. Yeah. But he, there were a lot of things he said he was going to do that he did do or at least attempt to do. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So what I'll do is I'll find that uh, I'm going to I'll find that it was a Harvard Business Review article that, that gives a real brief, and I, maybe I'll go through it next week if people are interested. Okay. If you're interested, uh, let us know about hearing more about these stages of um, stages of development. Stages of development. Action logic is one of them. Spiral you, dynamics is a different right. one, but action logic is the one I'm talking and thinking about. But isn't it funny though? You might perceive yourself as being at a certain stage and may not actually be there because yeah. you've moved out of one way of thinking into another. But does that necessarily mean you're more advanced or that you've actually grown? Am I making sense? Um, say it one more time. You think you think you're there, but you're not. Right. Because like you you mentioned someone who, let's see, how would I put this? Okay, this is what I was thinking. Okay, so like you have, we have two major political parties in the United States. The Republican Party and the Democratic Party, right? Yeah. I would say if, if Democrats were looking at the stages of development, yeah. they would say... That they, a lot of them were at a higher right, yeah. level of development than some people in the Republican Party because the Republican Party tends to see things more black and white and revert to um, old systems and, and are attached more to the religious right. Yeah. Which they would see those ways of thinking as being archaic yeah. <clears throat> and not advanced. But you also have dogma in the left as well. You have cancel culture and all this stuff that also becomes very toxic. Yeah. And is also like a... 
even though you may think you're thinking in an advanced way, you could still be thinking, your thinking could still be fundamentalist in the sense that it's still putting restrictions on people. I'm not, I'm not making any sense, am I? Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is you can think you're advanced. Right, and you're delusional. You're deluded because you're still putting people in boxes. Yeah. And wanting them. So basically, like, the Republicans want everybody to think like them, and the Democrats want everyone to think like them. And they're they're not trying to see one another's point of views, and they're not trying to collaborate so it's interesting and learn. Yeah, so what I, did you listen to that podcast I sent you? Rob Bell talks I did. about I listen it. to mo- most, most of, of it. it. Read the, listen to part two and three, and you're gonna, you're gonna, I think, get an answer to what you're talking about. I can't articulate it like he, like he did, okay. but a lot of times, you're, what happens is you're shifting into a new development stage, and you become very judgmental of the previous one. Yeah. And in the, in doing that, what you've actually done is maybe you haven't shifted. You've just done a 180 and you're just... So you've gone to the other side. Yeah, So, but, but you've not... Now, and, another shift is where you can see your own hypocrisy and you're able to see that both sides have an argument that maybe it's not black and white. Maybe there's something in the middle that can be right. Right, because right. I think both a lot of people... Like, I have friends who are in these different parties and I have extreme Republican friends and I have extreme liberal friends. Yeah. And when I'm talking to them, they don't see the point of view from the other side. Yeah. At all. Sometimes. Like I was talking to a friend one day and, uh, there was a, uh, someone visiting their house So my friend was Republican and this person was visiting them who I didn't know is a liberal. They were talking about different things and it was like they were from two separate planets. Yeah. And they were talking about the same issue but yet saying completely different Mm. things. Yeah. And I'm standing there thinking... It was just so crazy, and this happens in my family, too, where there are a few of us who are more left, liberal-minded, and a lot of people who are very conservative. And they are, like, saying things to me that I never even heard of before. Yeah. And then I'm saying things to them they've never heard of before. Yeah. So it's like they're not even, like, no one's actually having a conversation. Yeah, that's her. You know what I mean? Like, there's no dialogue. There's no compromise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone's I just stuck in their camp like a religion. Right. Which I think, it, yeah, it can become like that. You know, and if you can't, if everything's going to be like that. Yeah. I think that's bad for ourselves. I think it's bad for our country. I think if everyone agrees, if, if, if I live in a world where everyone agrees with me, although that would be comfortable, I think it'd be terrible. Right. It doesn't, it's not about agreeing. I don't think you have to agree. I yeah. think you need to have the conversation. Otherwise, how are you going to grow? Someone has to have like like somebody. Yeah. Otherwise, you're walking around thinking you're you're good, and it's like like somebody has to like I'm th- I I believe things today that three four years ago would have been oh my god how can you believe such a thing? Right. Well, I mean, the Republican Party can't be all right and it can't be all wrong. 
And the Democratic Party can't be all right, and it can't be all wrong. But that's how they see each other. Okay. Is that one camp is all right or all wrong, and that's yeah, just crazy talk. Yeah. Okay, can I let me can I read this grid and then we'll oh, in case we don't get to it next week. I'm sorry. I feel like I was like saying a bunch of dumb stuff. No, you weren't. Uh, you you took this and you you applied it to political things, which which it does. There is a connection. Well, I see a huge connection. Why do you think you say? Why do you think you were saying dumb stuff? I don't know. It was like, I felt like you're oh. the way you were looking at me. You were, wanted to like move me out of that zone. I guess I did. I was having, you know what it is? I was sharing it. Yeah. As I'm trying to like. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry for the look on my face. That I'm trying to like have the thoughts in my head. Right. Oh, you know what? That I, aren't okay. fully fleshed yeah. out. Well, I'm sorry. I Instead of listening to you, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about next. Okay. So I apologize. Okay. I could tell you weren't. Yeah. You weren't completely there. That something was going on behind your eyes. I was, was, restless. I was like, eyes. what are we going to talk about next? Okay, well, I'm going to go back and well, listen. I'm sorry for that. What are you sorry for? I was the one who owes you an apology for not listening. Okay. I'll go back and listen to this section here. It was at 108. We're at 108. Oh, you don't have to go back and listen to it. No, I will, because this, this way I can. You don't have to repeat yourself. I can just go back and listen to what you said. I just get so frustrated that, like, I like when people get along. I know, yeah. And I hate division. Right. I know. It's just not good. Yeah, you're getting teary out over there. Yeah. That might make you a strategist. Well, I just don't see how you can fix anything in the world if people don't talk. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm hormonal or something, but I just... I don't know. It's just so like everyone's in their own camps. Yeah. Like I grew up in a camp, the United Pentecostal Church, and then I got into another camp, which was evangelicalism. And then you got the Republican Party camp and the Democratic Party camp and like the vaccine camp and the anti-vaccine camp and the Antifa camp and the Black Lives Matters camp. And it's like, it's endless. Yeah. And there's the vegan camp and the keto camp. And everybody wants to pour their dogma on somebody else. Yeah. And it's just craziness. Yeah, what if the approach was to walk into the world instead of, you need to hear my message, if the message was, um, I want to hear your message. I'm curious. I want to hear your message. Well, yeah, or just like... No, the just... hard part would be if they had a message that you had tw- 20 years ago and you realized, let's let's mothball that message. It's so old and dangerous. There, That's where your challenge would be. But if it's a new message you've never heard, that's easy to be curious. Right, well, you're always assuming that someone else is lying or and trying that, to mislead you. And I have found the truth. Yeah, or that you, have, you need the to have the truth. It. You're I'm defective. always trying to say, okay, like, I'm yeah. always right. Like, I'm not always right. I thought for over 20 years of my life or 30 years that I was right about Christianity. Yeah. I thought that and I believed it. Right. Now, and now, and now I'm believing it's not, and maybe I'm wrong again. Yeah. But no one wants to admit they're wrong or possibly wrong. Right. Yeah. Or anything. And I just think 
that is the problem. One of the main problems with the world is like finger pointing and always assuming someone has a bad agenda or I don't know. It just really bothers me and I can't. Hey, yesterday. It makes the, me very sad. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm not sorry. Can I give a public announcement to the ladies listening out there? Yes. Including you. Yes. When you get emotional and you get upset, maybe it's because you're feeling the pain and the weight of something or you're just pissed off. Yeah. So don't feel a need to point to your hormones. Right. Maybe you're just like, because we don't point to the stuff like that. If we're upset yeah, and I go, I'm mad as hell or I'm upset. Like, it's okay to be upset. And I, when, when, when I heard you say, maybe it's my hormones, it's like, no, maybe it's not. And maybe it's like, uh, do you know where I'm going after this or with this? Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But it's okay just to be upset. It is. You can just be upset. You can be upset. And there's probably a good reason here. Like, and your you needle's going apologize. here for some reason and you don't have to say, yeah, okay. The other thing I want to say is the you were listening to a podcast and you said, "Give me a break." And some it was. Can you repeat the part about the the guy? It was something with a guy in a gym and his pastor. He quoted his pastor. We're in overtime, folks. Oh yeah, I remember. Well, I don't know. I was very. I was being very judgmental. Well, no, I thought about. He had a pod. He had a fitness podcast, yeah. and he has this woman on there. Uh, she does the four minute workout or whatever so he's interviewing her but then he makes a christian analogy about and he talks about what his pastor said about something growing people grow people yeah which i think it was it what was it you said the found find the found oh yeah the found people find people so Which basically means like he's been found by Christ. He was the little lost lamb. Yeah. And he was found and now he can find people. Oh, is that what he meant? Yeah. Well, I was just super judgmental. I'm very judgmental. Let's just put it out there. I'm an extremely judgmental person and I'm not nice. I'm mean too. But, and I was very mean because I was judging him because yeah. I was like, that's disgusting. I don't want to hear your Christian talk. Well, here's where I break... On your podcast. Here's where I break... Okay. Can I finish this one thing? Yeah. Me talking about how much I want everyone to get along and be nice and understand people. This is coming from someone who is equally not understanding. Yeah. And who sometimes does not want to have conversations, does not want to hear your point of view, and is very mean, too. Yes, you you can. That's a gear you're you're in. But the fact that you're aware of that shows you have another gear. Another gear coming. But well, that's a really hard gear. It is. But you're if the we're fact that you're about aware. The growing edge. But just the fact that you're aware of that to say that says that you have a growing edge to to move in. So to move into that place of realizing I could be wrong. Well, everybody could be wrong, but people don't believe they could be wrong. Yeah. We could be wrong about anything, right? right? There's something now that we may all believe about the world that's wrong, and we just don't know it yet. Yeah. Well, so the reason I, st- I was thinking about that, I was just thinking about you saying that about that guy and how I interpreted it was, well, it's irrelevant. I was thinking about, okay, I was lost and now I'm found, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm good now. I was that's in... such a lie. Well, let, okay, try and act like a neutral interviewer for a second. Okay. 
I was lost, now I'm found. Which if I'm found, that means, and if you're not found, and I know you're not found, you're lost. So now I have to help you get found because you're lost. Yeah. Think of the dynamics that changes in a relationship where I just can't be with you. Right. To be present with you and enjoy who you are and be curious about you how you are because I'm always trying to find a place where I can tell you how you need to fix yourself. Right. How I can change you. And if you think people don't... That was one thing Rob Bell said. He said his whole career as a pastor was to get people from A to B. It wasn't just to be present with them where they're at. Right. It was to, it was to get them to where he was. Right. Anyway. And that happens with everything. That's happening. It does, yeah. It happens... Like, I was listening to a podcast, and, like, people who are really far-right, like, militia-minded people, and the kind of like the type of person who was at the Capitol, attacking the Capitol, they actually go out, and they're like evangelists, and they try to recruit people into their cause. Yeah. And uh, vegans do this, too. Right. Keto people do this, too. Um, Yeah. People... Do it with, um, what was the other thing? Oh, that the vaccine thing. Yeah. You know, you have like all the public messaging going out. Although I do believe in, in the vaccine and I am vaccinated. But you have these camp, like they're trying to like actively get people to become vaccinated because they think it's the betterment of society so that we can move on beyond the pandemic. Yeah. Then you have the people on the other side. They are trying to get people not to be vaccinated. Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't know. It's just everyone is an evangelist for something. Right. And I'm I'm sick of being an evangelist for things. I don't uh, want to be an evangelist. I don't want to change your mind. I don't want to change your opinion. Some evangelists are... I just want to live my own life. Yeah. Some evangelists... Oh, I'm cutting you off. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Some evangelists are um, safer than others, though. Like if if the Moonies down the street or whoever religious people, um, you know, want to tell me I'm defective, or or the vegans, it's pretty harmless. But and the, it's not but, all vegans. I know some no, no, vegans no, no, yeah, who vegan. aren't evangelists, vegan? but no. some are mil- militant. I'm just saying you could be militant, <laughs> but if you're militant with an actual gun outside the Capitol breaking, and it's a whole different story. Yeah. So there's different there's different impacts of your fundamentalism, if you will. Should, right, because yeah. you can be fundamentalist. Yeah. And be in a liberal camp, and still carry yeah. your ideas like a fundamentalist. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, fundamentalism is everywhere. In fact, yeah, the everywhere. people who are trying to shut down a lot of the... Like that woman, um, she was a young girl who tweeted some racist things. or I don't even know if they're racist because uh, she's an African-American lady who was with... Was it Vox? I don't know. And then she was going to be Teen Vogue president or something. Oh, and yeah. And they found tweets. The pitchfork... Folks with the pitchforks went and found her tweets and then they're like, get out of here! Get her out of town! Burn her! You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're... they're they, they were... They're fundamentalists too. Right. I'm just saying that like there's we're finding these fundamentalism everywhere where it's like, you know, how dare like, you know, I'm so perfect. Let me throw the stone at you. I'm without sin. And it's like there's there's all these little pockets of fundamentalism rising up everywhere. Right. And it all ties into like these stages of your development, where you yeah. are in your life and how you learn and I'm rambling. I'm gonna shut up now. Should we're I read probably... this or, or start with this next week? The the stages of are we at an hour? We're at an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, wow. 
Well, we could talk about this I'm next not, I'm, week. I'm just, yeah, we'll talk about next week. Let me, can I well, just, I'll give an upfront. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead, read okay. it. Yeah. Now, it might be hard to, uh, to grasp this on audio, but so there's the first stage, and there when you when you read them, you'll think it's a maturing stage as they as they go. I think it is based on the examples uh, as you read it. But then others say, well, one's not better than the other, but we, you can decide. So opportunist. First, it'll be the t- the name, the characteristic. I'll talk about the strengths and the weakness of each one. The opportunist characteristics wins any way possible. Self oriented, manipulative, might makes right. The strengths are good in emergencies and in pursuing sales. Uh, weakness, few people want to follow them for the long term. Few people? Few people. That's okay. their weakness. Because if they're out for themselves, people are going to spot that a mile away. Next stage is diplomat. Avoids conflict, wants to belong, obey group norms, doesn't rock the boat. Oh, gosh. I've lived a lot of my life as a diplomat. Oh, I have too. Hang on. I still struggle with being okay. a diplomat. I had to cut you off. Sorry. No, go ahead. You, you'll see that. Like when you read these in detail, which I've given you now several times uh, this stuff to read, and I think you don't read it, but it's fascinating. Dip avoids conflict. Strengths is that they're supportive glue on the teams because don't rock the boat. Let's everyone get along. Right. The weakness is they can provide painful feedback or make a hard decision needed to improve performance. So they don't do that? They don't. That's their weakness. Yeah. So you'll read these and you're like, oh, I see myself and I see others near. The expert, next one, ruled by logic and expert expertise, uses hard data to gain consensus and buy-in. Strength is a good individual contributor. The weaknesses lacks emotional intelligence, lacks respect for those with less experience. I fall into that too. I, I do too and I can see, you'll see yourself in a lot of these. Yeah. Achiever, meets strategic goals, promotes teamwork, juggles managerial duties, and responds to market demands to achieve goals. Strengths, well-suited to managerial work. Weakness, inhibits thinking outside the box. Next one, individualist. Operates in unconventional ways, ignores rules he, she regards as irrelevant. The uh, strengths are effective in venture and consulting roles. Sorry, effect, effective in venture and consulting roles. Uh, weakness irritates colleagues and bosses by ignoring key organizational processes and people. And then... Uh, you could say, too, that Trump fits that also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, you can you can, you can, can be surprised that people may have a comfortable gear they're in, but they're shifting it to others. Yeah. Um, they claim it's hard to shift forward, though. You can shift back. You can downshift easily because you've been there before. Right. Strategist, two more. Generates organizational and personal chains. Highly collaborative weaves vision with pragmatic, timely initiatives. Challenges existing assumptions. You can see where a CEO is going to do, do, do well. It weaves vision with pragmatic, timely initiatives. That I think that, that is an important skill that's lacking a lot. Strengths. Con- generates transformations over short and long term. Oh, here's interesting. Weakness is none. Interesting. Alchemist, the highest... Generates social transformation. Example, Nelson Mandela reinvents organizations in historical, historically significant ways. Strengths are lead society-wide changes. Strengths are none. Now, this is from a Harvard Business Review article. If you happen to prescribe, subscribe there, you could find it. It's basically called Seven Transformations of Leadership by David Rook, R-O-K-E, and William Torbert, T-O-R-B-E-R-T. Anyway, so that's a really high level. Like this whole article uh, gets into a lot of it. Very interesting. But there's a few books I've read on it, and um, 
I think it's fun. It's fun to just... It, it, well, the point of it is to see where you're acting in that action logic and see where others are. Right. So this is for business, but aren't there ones that are just talking about you as a person? Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily say that this would just be business. Well, this is hard for business review, so right. I bet well, the wording talk- was... Oh, the yeah. wording is talking about... It's very... Yeah. Did you read that thing I left on your desk? No. Are you going to read it? It's very... It's a bit heady. What did I do with it? Okay, we're, we're leaving the studio now. Okay, so there you go. Maybe we'll talk about this. If you're interested to hear more, let oh. us know. If we don't hear back, we won't go on about it. And uh, No, I think it's fascinating. Yes, it is though. Okay, I'm going to give you that one more time. and I'm going to give you the Harvard Business Review. I'll print this out. You read it. Is that the one you gave me before? I might have. Does this look familiar? I think I still have it. Okay, I'll print it. Okay. Well, because I like to see where I am. Yes. On it. Right. Maybe we'll see, I'll get the information from those um, that London crowd and see if you want to take that test. Might be a few hundred. Oh, I don't. I don't. I think I could figure it out without a test. No, you do, do you? I don't know. I mean, I was just thinking maybe, if maybe, I maybe. read the material, okay. yeah, maybe it would right. give me a good idea. I will. I think it will. Well, I was surprised. I was. I was. I was higher than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I was, I think I was one or two levels higher. But I mean, you know, a lot of this could be baloney. But you know what? You've always had a maturity about you, you. that is, um, when someone would approach you with an opposing opinion, Yeah. you're usually not threatened by other opinions in the same way that I feel I am. Yeah. Well, no, some of that could be the diplomat where I don't want to rock the boat. Right. Some of it could be... Some of it could be the um, achiever or individualist who wants to have collaboration and see if there's something I can learn here. Tell you what yeah. pissed me off though a few weeks ago on this. I came, and I, okay, this is a slight tangent, but I, I started so I'll finish. There was um, this, a certain individual at work did something that I just thought was like, oh my gosh, that was terrible. Yeah. So we talked about it, and then he critiqued something I did. And I listened to it and said, you know what? I think I think you're onto something there. Yeah. I said, oh, you know what? My takeaway is what you that gift you've given me. I'm going to think about that. Yeah. Now, is there anything I've said to you that uh, you could improve on? And he, he should have just said no and, and not wasted another minute of my time. But not that my time is that precious. But there was nothing he gained from me. Like he just didn't answer the question. And it just drove me nuts. It's like, really? There's nothing? That made me mad. It's like, okay, there's surely there's somewhere in the middle surely there's something i've said to you that you can but pick that's up. usually the norm well so it's usually the norm people don't think you can teach them anything i will take the compliment because in that moment i did i was able to listen to some good critique of stuff i do and i've still thought about it and i hope he's thought about what i said to him because i do think i had some valid concerns yeah but time will tell okay guys i'm sorry if this was incredibly boring but that's what it is. But you know what you have that we don't have? You have a fast forward button and we don't because we're in real time here. That's right. Okay. Have a wonderful Happy weekend. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Happy Mother's Day, you guys. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.